0: TheShareShot.com Always use your head.
1: The following is brought to you by The Social Suplex Podcast Network. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances.
0: Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. Uh it's your boy Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash, and I have something special for you guys today. Technically, this is the Outsiders Edge, but there are no outsiders but me. Instead, I have a very special guest for you all. He's probably the most popular guy on wrestling Twitter, and <laughs> <laughs> the heart of IWC Twitter. My good friend, Mr. Mags and Bags, Darren Kirkby is with me, guys. What's going on, brother?
1: Oh, how are you?
0: I'm good, Thanks man.
1: Thanks for that amazing introduction. I don't know how accurate it was, but yeah, thanks for that.
0: Now you earned that, man. Like, so for those of you who are listening who don't know who he is, he's the guy who puts over everybody else. He is literally the guy. He's he's the foundation, one of the foundations of one of our little uh, of our little Twitter brotherhood here because he doesn't want any attention on himself. He wants to throw it all on everybody else and all the podcasts he enjoys and the writers and whatnot. So it's time for him to get a little love.
1: Oh, thank you very much. I mean, I just, I just, if I enjoy a podcast, I like to let people know that I enjoy it and hopefully other people might feel the same.
0: Well, I can tell you this. You got me to 560 Twitter followers and I tweet maybe one that
1: that was not me. I was just a facilitator. You brought, you brought that steak and sizzled, not me.
0: Well, I appreciate that, man. Um, I was hoping to be your, uh, to quote my boy, Matt Riddle, your, your podcast, debut. yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: but shout, well, shout out your, shout out your debut, man.
1: Yeah. i it was on, uh, the Matt attack, which is at the Matt attack UK, I think. Um, yeah, we're really really fun. I have actually turned down a few podcasts really because I just didn't think it was my thing. I don't think I've got a podcasty type of voice. Uh, but Matt's a, a good guy, and he we had uh, a I had a a little bit of a kayfabe beef with uh, a guy called Diesel uh, on a, on their podcast View from the Top Rope, yep. uh, and it it basically was. That was the culmination of that of that storyline.
0: Oh, that was that was the blow-off match?
1: Yeah, basically.
0: <laughs> well, shout-out to those guys. Yeah, go check them out. They got a great show.
1: I wanted to give have. him an
0: opportunity to kind of shout himself out. Because, again, he shouts everybody else out. So <laughs> it's only fair that we give him the opportunity. So this is a bit different, y'all. Because, you know, normally here on the, on The Edge, we try to... Kind of give you different perspectives on the product and, you know, break it down in a way that maybe you didn't think of yourself. And even if you agree, if you disagree with us, give you a different perspective. This ain't that kind of show. I thought it would be really cool to just sit down. And I was supposed to have my boy Rob Daniels with me, who was our first fan, because he's the first guy who ever supported us in any endeavor in this podcast game. Uh, so shout out to Rob. But I thought it'd be cool just to kind of sit down with Darren and Rob, or just me and Darren, and, man, just shoot the shit about some wrestling. Like, and just kind of talk about it as fans and not try to fix the product or analyze the product, but talk about what we like and what we don't like, why we think things are the way they are, stuff like that. Just kind of like a real good fan conversation. Um, And I wanted to start it off first and foremost by asking you, man, Tell me about your fandom. Like, when did you start? Who are your favorites? What's your favorite match?
1: Uh, uh, I've been a fan for probably about 30 years. Um, The person who actually got me into wrestling was my gran. Uh, God rest her soul. Um, When I was, say, six, seven, we used to go to my gran's on Saturday and Sundays, watch Superstars, Wrestling Challenge, All-American Wrestling, all back-to-back-to-back. And it just started from there. Uh, got into my teenage years, was a massive, massive fan during the Attitude era. Uh, kind of dropped off in 2006. I uh, didn't really watch a lot of the main shows um, for 10 years maybe, but I still uh, watched a lot of the pay-per-views. Um, uh, but the, the way I kept informed was through... Lordsofpain.net I used to read the spoilers And the results on there uh, Then about Say Two and a half year ago Three year ago uh, uh, A friend of mine on Twitter uh, Nicole She Basically added me to this group Of New Japan uh, Fans And I, it, it hooked me back in Straight back in with Kenny Omega uh, Okada So then I started watching a lot more of the uh, the WWE product. Started watching NXT, which is essential viewing now. Absolutely essential. I don't particularly watch the main roster shows a lot. What I tend to do is find out what happens through, uh, like I said, loads of pain, or I'll I'll find out through uh, listening to podcasts, and then I'll watch the bits that I'm interested in. Okay. Because... I, my view is I would rather listen to three hours of someone analyzing Raw than actually sit and watch Raw, because in that three hours I will listen to podcasts at two x, like I've explained. Uh, I could listen to four people's opinions on it and get get a a good like view of it rather than have to sit and watch three hours of Raw. I can do it on the go. I can listen on a listen on a podcast, get on with what I need to be getting on with. And still get my WWE fix, as it were.
0: So, it's funny how so many of us have that same start. My grandfather got me into wrestling. Um, You know, the territory days used to be huge here in in, uh, America. And we had a territory here called Houston Wrestling. Paul Bosch was the guy. So, my grandpa would always... My grandpa was a dude that taped everything. So he would pop in tapes of Houston Wrestling and Ted DiBiase and Ric Flair and Dick Murdoch and Missing Link and all these people. I'm five or six. And, of course, that piques my interest. You're a little kid. Yeah. So we started watching uh, WCW. And the very first match I remember watching was, I believe, um, the night the Giant. He debuted and won the title in his first match, uh, Paul White, the Big Show. But I think my first match was the night that Hogan won it back.
1: And All right, yeah.
0: such a cluster and craziness. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm hooked. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, I was just, just going to say, we didn't get a lot of the WCW product uh, when I was younger. We used to get a program called Worldwide. I don't know if you know that. Uh, we used like an hour, but it would broke, like bits of this show, bits of that show broke down. So okay. I weren't a big WCW fan, uh, but obviously when I caught it, as a wrestling fan you watch you watch whatever wrestling you can get hold of, oh, don't you?
0: Yeah, and I'm from the South. And he I'm from Houston, Texas. And that's yeah. South that's south of the United States. So if you're from the South, you grew up on WCW because that's mm-hmm. that was what we had. We didn't have New York all the time. I mean it was national, so it was there, but it was kind W C W was kinda of catered to us. Yeah. Um Tyson when Tyson came, uh, my grandpa being such a big boxing fan is when we kind of really got into wwe wwf what do you want to call it what do you want to call yeah. it and austin and tyson hooked us and i don't i think we bought every pay-per-view from that point until i was like in high school yeah so, cool how we all have the same similar starts in this in the, in our fandom it's i always found that interesting
1: yeah yeah i do um
0: so i, I there's one thing i I wanted I want to touch on a few other things, but first let me ask you this: what, What's your favorite match and who's your favorite wrestler? Uh,
1: my favorite wrestler is Chris Jericho. Uh, Good choice. From the day he made his his debut on Raw, it would it had, there was just no one else. I mean, I'm a, obviously I'm a big Austin fan, a big Rock fan. A lot of the guys from the Attitude Era, they were my boys, but there was nobody quite hit home like Jericho.
0: I get it. I get it, Jericho's man. Nobody's been able to reinvent themselves more and better and cre- more creatively.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: What's your favorite match?
1: Uh, oof, that's do a tough one because...
0: Yeah, do you have one?
1: Yeah. I think if I was to uh, pick a match to watch now, I think it would be uh, Omega versus of 4 uh, from Dominion. Um, I know it's a cliched pick now because of how popular the match is, but I can't find a fault in it and I do tend to look at matches and pick a little bit what I think oh that that was just not right but I can watch that match now and just be in awe of how crisp, how fluid that match was. Just but if we were looking back, I would probably say uh the it's not a technical masterpiece
0: by That's any okay. stretch of imagination. Okay. But it's your favorite I would, match.
1: I would say it's uh, Rock versus Hogan at Mania okay. eighteen. Just the the chills, the crowd control, the double turn. Oh it just Amazing. Yeah. It's what it's what you watch wrestling for. I mean, some people watch it for the technical skill, some people watch it for the storylines, and that I just, you, you have to watch it for the moment that it created. And I it's, it's something that will live on.
0: I love that. You, I love, I love that. You said that. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, and, and I mean, I don't blame you for saying Omega Okada. That was a, what a 22 and a half star match or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I just to give you kind of the same, I'm going to try to answer the same questions I ask you. My favorite is Sean and Eddie. Those yeah. two, I think, are the yeah, two yeah. best to ever do it in totality. They're not the yeah. biggest draws. They're not the biggest personalities. They might even be the best technical wrestlers. But in terms of a total package, I think those are the two best to ever do it. Yeah. Um. And then um, my favorite match ever is, and this is, is you're not going to expect this, but is Shane McMahon versus Kurt Angle at King of the Ring. Uh,
1: yeah, where he, he took about five uh, attempts to throw him through the glass.
0: Yes. Yeah and you know why the glass you know why the glass didn't break right
1: because it it weren't give glass where it were it was re- real proper, plexiglass yeah yes. real plexiglass because
0: they they were scared that the glass was going to break when the fireworks went off yeah yeah um so it's, yeah the, the story behind that match is, is amazing but i want to touch on something you said so you said around a certain time 2006 or so you kind of started stopping watching yeah, think, the main project yeah
1: I can't. Uh, I can't say there's one point that made me stop watching. Uh, I, I. I don't. It just. It just didn't seem like it was for me anymore. If you understand okay. what I mean. I do. Understand, uh, yeah. They went through obviously the attitude era, which was for teenagers, stroke, like twenty to thirty year old. Uh, then they went through the ruthless aggression era, which was basically an extension of the attitude era, and then. The PG era, I mean, that's, I don't mind uh, the PG era wrestling. It's just, it it just didn't seem like it was my product anymore. Which is, at the end of the day, they've all got, they've got masters to serve and the kids' money and the TV money and the sponsorship money. It's way more important than little old me stuck in the north of England watching. So I can understand it not being for me, but I just, it was just around that era. I just felt it. It wasn't my product, so it lost me a little bit.
0: That's a that's a weird feeling to feel. I'm sure. See, I've never felt that feel. Let me let me change that. Let me let me fix that. As I'm not gonna say I've never felt that feeling. I've just always accepted that it was never for me to begin with.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that
0: might be a weird way to look at something, but, um, you know, when you have a company, and this is just my perspective. I'm not trying to preach anybody or whatnot. But I've always understood from the very beginning. Once I learned that it was a show, I've always understood, and this is how I am with any other television show or movie or book or any form of entertainment. That I know I'm one of millions, possibly, and you can't yeah. book a show essentially for one, yeah, one, one customer, yeah. You know, so I've never kind of taken anything personal that oh i didn't like this so the company isn't you know what i'm saying and yeah i'm not I begrudging mean, anybody else by the way
1: no i mean i'm uh, that's not to say i'm angry about it or anything yeah, like that it's definitely just, not You've we've never just moved like in different that. directions that's all it were wwe rob said they're a business they're chasing the money and the money was was coming from a different sector of the of the audience and the the product that they were putting on just didn't appeal to me at that time.
0: So what so, what appealed to you? What appealed to you from New Japan when you started watching that?
1: Uh, I think it's the thing. What what makes me like New Japan is how technical the wrestling is. Uh, when I was younger, it was all about the action and all about the storyline. But as I've got older and I appreciate the skill level of these of these uh, wrestlers, mm-hmm. and I appreciate what it takes to be able to even pull these moves off. Yeah, it's it's that what draws me in with New Japan. It's it's just technically a, a better product than WWE than probably a lot of wrestling. Um, it,
0: it's the best wrestling product in the world. I, I would argue. Yeah. Uh, completely. I, uh, you know, I I am not I'm not the biggest New Japan fan, but I'm definitely a fan, and I pay I pay attention to it. I buy Wrestle Kingdom yeah. every year. I buy Dominion every year. Um, I don't watch it every week because I'm story based. So there's yeah, no yeah. weekly stories told. So it's hard for me to keep and to keep up with it. Yeah. But yeah. Those guys. I mean, did you see the gift of? Abushi and Osprey at the how show.
1: Well, yeah, I re, I retweeted it. Uh, I think it was Will had put like a post on, and I retweeted saying, "When the camera work and the action are in perfect sync, and it it it's that kind of thing that that draws you into New Japan. Uh, the the technical skill. Now, like I said, it, it's not for everyone. Yeah, but. Uh, right now in my in my wrestling fandom, technical skill is is a big a big lap like, positive. And New Japan has it in spades.
0: So I'm I'm the, the the actual movements didn't do much for me, but the camera work was so telling yeah. and told such yeah. a story that even for a guy like me who's not big on flips and things like that, I was drawn into that. Yeah. Um, and I know you've listened to the pod so you know I'm so hype for the car crash it's gonna be bushy versus uh uh bushy versus Osprey we'll talk about that a little later yeah um what do you think it is about our generation because we're similar I'm 30 year i think you're in your 30s or close to 40s Something. 38. 38 38 so we're in the same yeah. generation what yeah, do yeah. you think it is about our generation that grew up watching early 90s WWE right in the birth of Attitude Era to now that's made so many of us change our our perspectives and our what we look for in wrestling what do you think it is?
1: I, I put a lot of how I, I personally perceive wrestling down to social media the, the, the speed that you can get hold of new wrestling the way that something can happen at the opposite side of the world and you're not waiting months or weeks to tape trade to get hold of it. You can watch it live, or you can watch it the day after. So you, you can get a, a more of an appreciation of different products and different quality uh, of wrestling. Uh, that's been a huge factor in, in me getting actually back into into wrestling, the fact that it's so accessible. Uh, coming from like the 80s, 90s what, where I started, you, you basically got what you were given. Yeah, there was, there that's was, the truth. Especially here in the UK, there was literally one one wrestling product, maybe two at a push. Now, I can go online, I can go on powerslam.tv or, um, and I can watch 50 different companies. I can go on the WWE Network and watch 20 different companies. So it's just the ease and accessibility of wrestling now. That it gives you a better appreciation of what is out there
0: do you think wrestling as a general would be better or worse if the majority of companies took a story driven approach more so than an in-ring driven approach
1: uh, i think it would be worse and i say that because there needs to be a variety Not everybody is like us. Not everybody wants storyline-based. Some people want flippy shit. Some people want ground-based wrestling. Right now is the very best time to be a wrestling fan. You can hit on whatever product you you want, but there is a product out there for your specific taste. You want crazy, wacky wrestling, you go watch Chikara. You want storylines that run on week to week, you watch WWE, you want technical wrestling, you watch New Japan, you want hardcore wrestling, you watch
0: GCW. GCW
1: or Do you GCW, know what I mean? or yeah,
0: both of them. Yeah. yeah.
1: So whatever your taste, your niche, your whatever. Fancy. Whatever your fancy. Yeah, is. yeah, you can find it. And that is the great thing about wrestling nowadays. So I would say if, every, if a lot more companies did go to a storyline – it limits that. It limits that that option and that choice. So, in turn, it wow. limits the fan.
0: I've never... Now, obviously, I don't think I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I agree with the premise that the variety is good, but I've never thought would a story-based uh, product limit a company. That's an interesting point I need to think about. Because I'm so into that, but that's an interesting. Yeah, thought. I
1: don't think it would limit the company per se. I think it would limit the choice for fans. If a company, okay. one company uh, wanted to go to a storyline uh, system that that would appeal to a certain set of fans, but if a lot of companies started doing that, you you would lose the choice of your hardcore crazy action you would lose the choice of your wacky action because there's there's more storyline based so, i think there's a nice balance
0: let me play devil's advocate if i if i may okay, obviously, okay. obviously wwe is a variety show essentially right so yeah they're a bit different plus we're kind of indoctrinated to watch them or to pay attention yeah. to them at the very least yeah but Um, and I'm not saying this isn't, I'm not arguing this point. I just, I just kind of want to see what, how you answer. Let's say AEW, for example, if this is a real thing, all the wrestling, if it's real and they become a, a thing, let's say they possibly built their, built their show around story based wrestling, episodic weekly television that tell stories from week to week with different matches and different characters and this that and the other. Do you think that they do you think that that would hinder their ability to possibly have maybe a hardcore show or a flippy show and flippy is a lucha show I should probably say better than that you know or things like that or do you think it would hinder their ability to tell those stories just because of the the fact that they have to tell a genuine story and they just can't let the entering t- do the talking.
1: Uh no. I think with the talent that are potentially going to be available to AEW, I think they could easily strike a balance where you get great storylines, but you also get the 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 technical wrestling, the flippy stuff. You get the the variety. What I would be more concerned with with AEW if it does become a thing is the guy who's investing is a billionaire. Oh yeah. He didn't become a billionaire by throwing his money down black holes. So he's going to be wanting profit on this. It's simple as that. Now, without some sort of T V or streaming deal
0: distribution in some way.
1: Yeah, this is going to... It will struggle because one thing about wrestling fans in general is they're always looking for the new hotness. Yep. Now, all in, amazing show. I was so enthralled. I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. But if that was happening every week, hmm. that that Preach. excitement factor drops.
0: Preach, yes. So
1: when, when uh, I go on Twitter and I see fans... Uh, saying that these are going to be the next challenges for WWE. Vince should watch his back, stuff like that. And it it makes me laugh because they will need a decade minimum of consistent quality programming to even think about toppling WWE. Enter the atmosphere. yeah. Yeah. I mean, they... It's very likely if a program uh, with AEW does come out, it will it will get good viewers. But then viewers will dwindle off. We've seen it in Britain with World of Sport. Yeah. World of Sport did really well. Two or three weeks in, the viewing uh, figures dropped off the edge of a cliff. And it's looking that it may not even get a second season. So, WWE, Daniel Bryan has said it the, the best way possible wrestling fans are fickle
0: oh man so you you said a mouthful there and i want to break down every single part of that but part. <laughs> let's start with one particular point um i think we as fans so we as fans we're a lot of uh, the majority of what i would say um because i live by the thought process that people in mass are stupid people individually are smart right yeah Um, So us as a group, a lot of us, the majority of us, I feel, are so singularly focused on what we want that we mix what we want with what is good. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, So when we're speaking of AEW, which, if it happens, is a big thing, but I think the the confusion is that, you said it perfectly, just to be in the same stratosphere as WWE from a competition standpoint, You've got to have TV consistently consistently good and, and good ratings for at least 10 years. I'd say 20. has yeah. been on, on TV since 93, and ever since it has been on TV, it's been a top five show in his demo every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? The one yep. thing I don't think people, people really give the credit to WWE for is that they own the market share of pro wrestling, and not just pro wrestling, but they own a corner of the market share of entertainment. Yeah, Vince McMahon is synonymous with one of the biggest promoters uh, in, in in history. Not wrestling promoters. I'm talking Vince, Barnum and Bailey. You know, it's like I'm talking like promoters. So, yep. it's not just hey, you gotta have some good wrestling on TV. It's what's your business like, and I never thought about the fact that the cons are gonna expect something, so a profit of returning their profit quickly that they might pull i didn't even think about that
1: that's yeah, a great well,
0: point
1: like i like i said these guys aren't billionaires by throwing the money away they they want an investment and they want a return on that
0: yeah uh you're absolutely right it helps that the dude is a wrestling fan so i feel like that'll give them some leeway and again yeah, yeah. this is all conjecture because this might not be happening you know, I don't I don't like I don't want to say something's going to happen until it's for sure it's happening. Yeah. It well, looks even,
1: like it is. Even the books have said it's it it's just to protect themselves going forward, so this until until something is announced that it's going to happen, it is all conjecture and it's all guesswork and so and that's all you can base it on.
0: Yeah, but you know what, for a guy like Cody and I'll say the Bucks too, but mainly Cody. Cody's whole past two years as a free agent and a, and a non-WWE performer has been built on will he, won't he? Yeah. Can he? Is he? Just the the the, the classic trope of you got more questions than answers and things of that nature, right? And I mean, he's has got these kids, so of course that's how he's going to think. I want to talk to you kind of about the divide between... Fan bases and fans and promotions in general, um, okay. Because I feel like that's a natural lead in to, to this topic, and this is a big one. This is something I argue, I fight with all the time. You know, everybody's like rancid the fans, again,
1: <laughs> you know.
0: And my issue is is I don't have beef with fans. I don't like fans that either um, are selfish in their thinking, are unfair in their thinking. Are, or can't acknowledge that their thinking is skewed. That's my yeah. issue. Like, I have no... Uh, Kyle, for example, and I, I said this on the pod recently, this this past week, Kyle, if he doesn't like somebody, he won't watch them, he won't talk about them, he won't have yeah. anything to do with them on the show. And I hate that as a person, but I can't fault him because he's honest and consistent.
1: Yeah. I think I mean. the issue I would have with that is you're just creating yourself an echo chamber where you're yeah. only going to hear what you want to hear, so when you do like, come across a wrestling that you don't know, you're not going to give it that chance because you've created a, this issue for yourself where you've 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 limited your own viewpoint basically.
0: That's the argument I give him. I mean, like a guy like Drew, he has no interest in. I tell him Drew's doing some of the best work on Raw. He's like, oh, I don't care. Cool. I'll I'll take the word for it. I was like, okay. Um, But man, the divide is getting so... It's getting so... It's getting worse. Yeah. Um, And it's to the point that anything that has some steam is considered the anti-WWE thing. It's why, initially, I was against All In. I bought the show. I enjoyed the show. I supported those guys because I, I supported what it meant. Yeah. But I hated that it became the... Well, this is the anti WWE show. Yeah. No, just let but, it be a showcase for great indie wrestling. That's all. It
1: but needs. again, that 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 goes to my point of wrestling fans being fickle. They looking. Why?
0: Lucky. Why are we fickle? What is what is um, it about us as as a group that makes us fickle, or is it fans in general?
1: I think it. I think it is. Um. Well, yeah. I would say it's the majority of fans. Like I, like I mentioned earlier. A lot of fans are looking to the next big thing To be the first on the next big boat gotcha.
0: to, Ground floor to be, type stuff
1: Yeah So Like for instance when I first got back into New Japan um, They were in the In the in the Twitter group we were in There were a lot of people who were in there um, And they were Well I watched New Japan Ten years ago I watched it five years ago Just group. for the for the bragging rights and now they've, now a lot of the fans have got issue with the New Japan product now because it's not the product that they want. It's not the product that they remember before the Americanization or Westernization of New Japan. Um, now, they're well within their rights to have that viewpoint. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a business. And the more eyes on the, the New Japan product, the more revenue – they are gonna become more westernized, they are gonna to appeal to a Western audience because that's that's the revenue stream that they're looking for.
0: Let's let's talk to New Japan. Let's talk a little new Japan. You know, they got Wrestle Kingdom coming up. The card is absolutely tremendous.
1: <sighs> it looks it looks so, no. so good.
0: The 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 one card the one match in the card, not for a title, is Okada versus Jay White. Yeah, the, the the least important match in the card is Ishi versus Zack Saber Junior.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for, the, for the British title
0: for the British is ridiculous. Yeah, um, but uh, so what do you think about their supposed uh, westernization and because you mentioned that there has been some chatter between the. "Quote unquote gatekeepers and the newer fans, yeah. and it's kind of been I would argue built around the rise of initially the Bullet Club now the Elite and the Gaijins the foreigners kind of taking over the whole company. I mean, at one yeah. point every every at one point a few months ago every title holder except for uh, Kanemaru and Desperado were foreign. I
1: don't think ever
0: happened. Yeah, at one point." Like right, at the, right not too far to the Dominion, they all yeah. were. Like it was, yeah. Okada, it was it was it was Omega, and it was Jericho, and it was God, and, and Juice, it, it and Jules, Cordes, and um, oh, and Hiromu was the other guy because he went from Squirrel
1: Yeah, and Gorto I think was probably still the never champion. No,
0: but, but remember Elgin beat him.
1: For, yeah, for a day was it a day or a two day <laughs> raid or something like that?
0: Yeah, he beat him though.
1: Yeah, he certainly did. So yeah, but so
0: what do you think about that, and kind of where do you think that's leading for 2019? Because we have a possible 2019 without Kenny, Cody, maybe even a Bushi, because wherever a go, wherever Kenny go, a go going. Yeah, you know um,
1: what I mean. And
0: the Bucks and Marty and Paige and whatnot.
1: I I personally think it's been good for New Japan um, because they, they've struck a good balance for me personally anyway. Because you've got the wrestlers who I know, and we've also got the the Japanese wrestlers who I weren't so familiar with. So I've got to know them. Uh, But if if New Japan want to get to a stage where they're challenging WWE, they need to have these stars that are recognizable, that can go and promote in these um, areas. So I think it's only a good thing but again, I'm not a New Japan purist, or I'm not, like you said, a gatekeeper. Which it, it, I can see where it offends or upsets them. Like same with me when I dropped off with uh, WWE, it it suddenly wasn't the product aimed at my demographic anymore, uh, and a lot of the the older New Japan fans are feeling that. So yeah, it's it's on New Japan to find that balance of. Pleasing the the fans that they already had, but also yeah. gripping and in like encouraging those new fan growth.
0: And they've never had to do that. That's the yeah. interesting dichotomy right now about that. They've never had to cater to new fans because they've always had the same product. And I'm not gonna call it a niche because it's definitely not a niche, yeah. but or niche. Well, how you say the word? But niche. But, yeah. Yes, niche. I'm sorry. I'm 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 a, I'm a southern dude. I, we say things wrong. <laughs> but you know they never had to do that before but just for me personally and I'm definitely not a gatekeeper like I told you I I don't even watch it every week but Naito might be my favorite wrestler in the world yeah. and I have been adamant and as loud as possible about how fucked up it was the year that he's had you know and that's one of the things that gatekeepers will cite so I guess my next question to you is speaking of guys like Naito and Okada, I give him so much credit because he's worked so hard at learning English. Yeah. Like, every time he main events an English show, he, when he does a promo, he does everything he can to say as much as he can in English. He's trying. Yeah. Um, but do you think... <clears throat> excuse me. Do you think... Good. Do you think that a, uh, a primarily Japanese country... Company... Wrestling company with primarily Japanese, natural Japanese, and Jap- Japanese-speaking stars can really be big in a non-Japanese-speaking country. Uh,
1: I, I think the what what New Japan have done really well is they've embraced the use of social media. So if you go if you're on their youtube page or you're on their website everything is translated into english like for instance the backstage promos that they put on after every event yeah they they tr- they translated on youtube so even though you don't speak japanese you, you you understand what what they're talking about uh and also they've they've started putting Fully English commentary on on literally every show, so they're embracing that fact. Then they they have a, a specific like commentator to translate what the 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 Japanese uh, wrestlers are saying. So I think they they they've, they've done really well to embrace the Western culture without losing that distinct Japanese feel.
0: I think so too. I I think they've tried. I mean, I think a lot of us who pay attention to them will agree that they're behind the eight ball. They're trying, but they're behind the eight ball. Like the website could be better. Um, (laughs) their social media is, is much better than it used to be, but there was a good portion where it was bad. Um, you know, like a lot of, um, not just the, um, the backstage videos are excellent, but like the promo videos aren't they are oftentimes aren't translated, so Yeah. And that's the build to a match, you know. So they're doing they're doing better and I, I give them all the credit work for doing better. But man, it's 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 a weird thing and you know, I mean you I don't know how it is in I don't know how it is in England or Britain, but here in America we think we created everything. <laughs> we think we're the greatest thing ever. So we almost feel like, well, if you're not going to speak our language, then who the hell are you? And yeah, stupid.
1: I understand that point, yeah.
0: <laughs> but we do, and uh quick tangent, it's part of the reason why I think Asuka didn't get necessarily de-pushed, but got pushed to the side, because she can't cut a promo.
1: No.
0: You know? But so uh, how can she... she build a match if she's not cutting promos?
1: Yeah, I understand that, but... Um if you look at the likes of Kyrie Sain and Io Shirai, uh on NXT, yeah. You can tell they are tr- they are uh trying so hard to yes. to to westernize their their uh promotion. They're speaking a lot uh a lot more English in their in their um promos. So Kyrie speaks better think,
0: English now than Asuka has and has been here three years.
1: Yeah. Um uh, with us, Oscar though, I've found that the promos actually come secondary with her. She's okay. all about the action for me. Um,
0: I agree with that.
1: So, as long as the story you're telling with her is basic and you don't need her to be conveying a message, then I think you you you've got. A a star there you've got an absolute star now obviously it's on her to be able to improve her English so she can so she can Come away from these basic storylines and get involved in more interesting and diverse uh, storylines if she decides not to do that then It's not on WWE to.
0: Yeah Yeah, it's not you're I think you're right um i i so i look at Oscar and Shinsuke and their rise and their fall almost happened simultaneously yeah um, i don't know to call it the fall cuz i mean Shinsuke in the span of a year was in the main event for the championship in WrestleMania and in SummerSlam and won the rumble and he's been a, and he's been a champ for most of the year so i'm not going to say like he was pushed down he just hasn't been featured um but at least she, the one thing the difference between those two I think in their presentations is Shinsuke speaks fluent conversational English. Yeah. There's a difference between conversational English and promos. Yeah. Asuka doesn't speak any conversational English. It's just like she knows like a, a few words and phrases, you know, and uh and her her character, I think you're right, is one that is more about the action and and not so much the uh and not so much the promos, but I think the issue is, and uh, I kind of want to talk about characters. This one, maybe we'll lead into characters. The issue with Asuka that I believe is, is that the streak hurt her more than it helped her. Because during that streak in NXT, she had no, they never built up any discernible character. The only thing no. you know about Asuka is she went a lot. She can really wrestle. Yeah. So when she lost, which was inevitable, she had to lose. What do you have that the crowd can draw from you? Nothing. You don't have exactly. a title. You don't have a streak. You don't have anything discernible as a character. Kyrie Sane could lose for the rest of her career. Hopefully, God, she doesn't. But <laughs> at the, we know at the end of the day, well, she's a pirate.
1: Which I don't think will translate well to the main roster. I don't know, man. But...
0: Kids love pirates, bro. Look at the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, I suppose we've made billions of dollars, man. It's.
1: I think the main roster though is steeped in reality a lot more now. Um, sure. And like you said, it's it's a story based product. So how often will a, a story about a pirate happen? Right. And and then it'll get monotonous. It'll get boring if it's the same thing over and over. And it's it's a pirate again. Um, yeah, it's a good point. I feel the I, same. I think that's way... where
0: the Shayna Baszler feud helps, by the way. But yeah,
1: yeah. I think I feel the same way as well about uh, Velveteen Dream. I don't know how well his character is going really? to translate over onto main. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he comes and he has. He's definitely got the the star power to be able to make it. Uh, Work on me, and I I just don't think Vince would will understand the character.
0: So I think the three things that help Dream that are the three things that every star we've ever seen in wrestling has had is presence, a discernible and interesting look, and the ability to speak and get you involved, it gets you interested. Yeah. Those are Dream's three best attributes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that will save him, if nothing else. And UI Vince might not get the character, but I don't think Vince got the Undertaker character. I don't think Vince got the Bray Wyatt character. I don't, there's a lot of characters I don't think he got. Yeah. But he understood. That hey there there's something here with this with this dude or this package. Oh
1: yeah, Uh, no doubt.
0: God, I hope because if Dream fails, we've all. He's
1: got star. He's got star written through him, absolutely through. You cut him in half, and he has got star written through him. It's I just fear that the character he has now doesn't translate over because it's uh it's the androgynous sexual uh character which it that may not play well on the main roster where you're answering to a tv company where you're answering to sponsors where your 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 main demographic is kids and teenagers so that's why i've got a, a worry that that character now i have every faith that uh, is he Patrick Clark? Is he called? That's could name, yeah. yeah, he could totally reinvent himself. Totally, I think he could do whatever whatever Jericho has done and keep reinventing himself. He's got that that star power about him, but I just worried that he'll get absolutely buried because of the character that he he portrays now.
0: What type of characters do you like in wrestling? Like what what characters draw like draw you in?
1: Uh, mm, uh. Right now, it's it's not even so much about the characters for me. It's about the the technical, skillful wrestling.
0: Right. Uh, but,
1: but when but I, you,
0: don't, you don't think that you don't think that the the more interesting a person is, and their package and their character would draw you in more to, yeah, to be interested yeah. into their technical proficiency.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I'm not saying that if you are the best wrestler in the world, but you you have literally no personality, you are that would make me more interested in in that than someone who may not be as as good professionally uh, in wrestling, but they can sell me a story or they can sell me the match. Uh, it is a balance, but the main thing I I like. When I'm watching wrestling, is technical skill.
0: Got you. Um, There's some people that swear that that swear by that, that Demolinko is the prototypical, prototypical wrestler, and Demolinko might be the best guy to ever do it from a technical standpoint. Him, Hart, he who, who shall not be named, as I'm sure you know, I'm speaking of. Yeah. Uh, but his Demolinko's whole gimmick was, I got a personality. I'm just an Ice Man. I just come here, I work, I leave um and i mean that does it for some people that doesn't um so if if you if you rock me on the characters thing for a sec looking out on the horizon of the what we have now name me some characters that interest you and do you think that could be kind of the new guard of like those top guys that people will be interested in not just wwe
1: Right. All, any um, company,
0: if you if you can think of any, like just give me some ideas of what you think, because I mean, I think we all agree with Dream. I think yeah. he's got all the potential in the world. Um, so, I love the Marty Squirrel so... villain character, you know, like th- stuff like that. Like that.
1: Right. Uh, some of the guys who I have a good affinity with now, um, I absolutely love Hangman Page. I think Agreed. that guy. Could be a world champion wherever he decided to go. Um, obviously, the books, Corday they go without saying. They, they just know the business, and that it's not even about the wrestling so much with Cody and with the books, Although they are really good at, at the wrestling, it's the the business. They know the business. They know how to make you watch. They know how to make you buy the merchandise and. Coming as as an adult, that intrigues me how they've learned that. Uh, but in terms of wrestling, uh, guys like Sack Sabre Jr., okay. I could watch him wrestle a broom. And he, uh, he could probably, the he could probably get a five-star bench. match out of it. Um, yeah. And like I said, I'm going to probably show my New Japan um, favoritism here, but guys like Ishii, um, and his strong style, um uh, murder grandpa, um Suzuki. Scariest
0: Scarest men in the world.
1: Yeah, uh, and even the some of the younger guys like uh, Shorter, who is coming through as a young lion, um and juice Robinson, they they it they just they've got the skill, but they've also got the charisma, if you know um, if you understand what I'm I'm going for. Absolutely. The, the, now if I were to look at WWE, you know my boy in WWE right now is probably Seth Rollins. I think that guy is absolutely amazing and I would have loved to see Rollins versus Omega, or Rollins versus Okada, Rollins versus Cody even. Um again who the club AJ, I think I just like good quality wrestling. So I would give I would give any wrestler a chance if you can show that you are good in the ring and you have some character about you. Um, I'm all about that, all about it.
0: So let's talk. Let's talk about the elephant in the room and the big question that everybody's asks. In your opinion. What's wrong with the WWE? <sighs> oh my God, the you sigh! Know, I love the sigh. <laughs> the, the
1: the the main thing that annoys me about WWE is it seems to be in a forever of a status quo. Nothing has changed. Okay. Like for the for the last year apart from a few uh, a, a few like a few weeks or so it's been Brock as the champion Brock has not been there now if if he's got that contract good on him make your money make your money all you can and if he's if he's got that I, I, I can't fault him but it's the relying on the the older stars when something goes wrong' WWE don't take risks anymore and that's that's getting down to the bare bones of it when we had um, wcw around and even the slightly when we had impact as and and tna WWE took risks they pushed people they give people the ball they allow them to be themselves and now it's so scripted and you can you can tell that these people aren't allowed to put their character, their own personal uh, input into these, into this promos they're saying, into the matches. It's it's just so diluted.
0: Can can I give you an analogy?
1: You go ahead.
0: And, and I'm very obviously the WWE homer and shill, so I I acknowledge <laughs> that. I openly acknowledge that I am. But I feel like what you're describing is, and I would would. tend to agree with this notion, is WWE is kind of akin to a, uh, like Bully Ray said on the Busted Open, I'm not going to say a mom and pop shop, but a company that started off making say say, computers um, by hand. Everything was handmade, everything was personal and this and that, and then they got so big So fast that they became a factory, and essentially everything came prepackaged, almost the same. And now I'm not—I'm obviously not as down on the product as you or most people are. Well, most internet fans are, I would argue. Uh, But I see—I see—I see see there are issues. I see creative isn't great. I can acknowledge that there is something that can be better. I can—I can definitely acknowledge that. The question is. What could be better? Why isn't it good? And what will it take for us to to accept what we originally are given? I think those are the three questions to be made because as you, you I mean, you know me pretty well because you've listened to me. We talk all the time. Mm-hmm. You know that as I'm I'm big on as much credit and as much blame as we give WWE, I feel like intrinsically we have to look point the figure out ourselves every now and then.
1: Yeah, as definitely. Fans.
0: Um, and most fans don't agree with that. So that's the last question of what can we, what, what will it take for us to accept things? I don't mean accept terrible stuff. What I mean is, and I mean, you can expound on this as you want when I went after I finish this point, uh, what I mean by that is eventually we have to allow them to tell us to be able to tell us a story from start to finish before we crap on it. Mm -hmm. and that because the the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows are going to be different every single week and this is a three month story and we're shitting on it week two we've completely hindered their ability to tell the story yeah because you don't know what's going to come next Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins is a perfect example of that we don't know where they are this could possibly be going to mania people are already saying that they're down on it and it's been for well it's been longer than that now but you know what I'm saying And like in week two or three, people were like, no, this ain't what I want. This ain't it.
1: And that's, that's, you there have hit the nail on the head. You are saying that people have said, this isn't what I want. Mm -hmm. And that is a big, big problem with WWE and WWE fans. It's not what they want. And at the end of the day, WWE isn't catering to that person. They are catering to a massive, massive demographic and they also have got masters to answer in terms of sponsors and TV um, companies. So what that one person wants isn't what's best for business, it's what's best for that one person. Word. And that's that's where the problem of social media and how easy it is to access uh, wrestling and the, the wrestlers themselves and um, the backstage staff is It's you can complain straight away to the people you want to complain to, and that we've never had that power before. And I think a lot of wrestling fans abuse that power because it's if it's something that they're not particularly interested in, it's automatically assumed that it's everybody's not interested in it, and that's not always the case. It's a vocal, a very vocal, very manner amount of wrestling fans that that shout the loudest to to shout the product down now i'm i'm not saying that the product is brilliant at all i, I don't think it's it's the the best product but i don't think it's as bad as a lot of wrestling fans make out they've got to what fans have got to realize is you are not their demographic you are not who they're aiming for they're aiming to please the the kids who come to the shows, who buy the merchandise, who buy the toys, who buy the um, Funko Pops. They, that's who they're aiming for. You are a supplementary demographic. Absolutely. So if it's not to, exactly to your taste, that's on you. That's not on WWE. WWE cannot please everybody. It's... It-
0: you yeah. you god you you you' are you're speaking you're speaking so much truth here um <laughs> and and the, the one thing that I so a lot of people always tell me uh you know the, the the show sucks I don't like this I didn't like that and my response to them is and you know you can't tell somebody don't watch because that's like literally cussing them out in their face so
1: yeah of okay
0: sure I, I, I'll I'll see that but my question is well why did you watch that segment I think we've convinced ourselves that WWE wants us to watch every single ounce of product they have. They don't. They want you to watch something.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so essentially, you don't it, have
0: to watch Raw, SmackDown, UK, NXT, 205, Edge Christian, Table for Three. You don't have to watch all that at a time. No. Just watch something.
1: It, you must have all the time in the world if you were to keep up with every uh, hour of WWE product that they put out. You would have no time for anything else, at all. So it, they are literally just throwing out products to cater for sections of the audience. Like that's why NXT appeals to the indie marks. If you don't like you don't like RAW, you don't like SmackDown. You don't you like you just said you don't have to watch. I didn't watch for ten years because you I not watch a, now. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Well, I, I watch the bits of it that I know that I'd be interested in. So I'll read like loads of pins, um, break down, I'll listen to a couple of podcasts, find out what I thought would be interesting, and I'll go back and I'll find that, that uh, segment, or I'll go back and find that promo, or I'll find that match. Uh, but I wouldn't sit down and watch a three-hour row. Now, if you put yourself through that, even though you know that the product is not to your liking – that's on you, don't watch it then, and I know it's like you said it's it's feeding the bear it's it's, it's cutting them out in front of the face, but sometimes a fan needs to be told you are putting yourself through this. you don't have to watch this, so is it not a case of you want something to complain about because like I, like I said earlier, if this is not for you, there is a world of wrestling out there to find your product, to find what you would be interested in, go and go enjoy it. Um, a podcast I listen to um, called DDT Wrestling, um, a guy who, uh, one of the hosts is called DC Matthews, uh, and he has a saying called, find your happy. Go for it. Don't If, if WWE is that draining on, on your wrestling fandom, go and find a different product. There's plenty out there, absolutely plenty out there.
0: I I love it, man. I completely agree. And this is the this is the t- if you don't believe if if somebody's listening and you don't believe what Darren is telling you, look at WrestleMania weekend. Look at how many yeah. people, not just wrestling fans, how many promotions go down there.
1: Well, there's a there's a full economist surrounding the the big five or big four uh, WWE pay per views. Companies base a lot of their business around them weekends. Look at like, the uh, the likes of um, Matt Riddle's Bloodsport. Sport.
0: Uh, yeah, um,
1: George and Spring Breaks. Spring Breaks. They based around WrestleMania weekend because that's that's where the business is. Now, you can guarantee that a lot of fans who go to visit um like the areas that WrestleMania based in don't even go to WrestleMania. They go to the other the other shows because that's what they're based around. You don't have to sit there and watch a product that you are not enjoying.
0: Rich, Rich and James from One Nation Radio, and Jeremy and Josh from Keeping a Strong Style, went to New Orleans. We all had I, I was supposed to go, but I had some illness issues. It was yeah. ten of us in the house, and those four guys specifically went to WrestleMania weekend and did everything except wwe
1: yeah
0: they were and the SuperCard. i mean i think josh went to like seven eight shows and they didn't do one and then watch one wwe show live and, and they had they the had best a blast. time they, yeah. they, they said they had a blast there and that blows my mind but that's how good the wrestling scene is right nowadays yeah it's, it's... something for everybody
1: it's the very best that in my thirty years of watching wrestling, this is the very best time to be a fan, simply hotter than the attitude era, hotter than the ruthless aggression era, hotter than the eighties. this in right now there's so much choice, there's so many so much product that somebody start. If you can't find yourself something to enjoy you you are looking to be disappointed rather than enjoy it
0: so many stars. I mean, look at a guy, and I know he's signed right now, but look at a guy like Pete Dunne, who's a superstar yeah. anywhere, and he's on the fifth biggest promotion in the company. Yeah. But he'll he'll go to ICW or the Rev Pro or wherever, and sell out, the, sell out the building. But, can I tell you a dirty little secret?
1: You certainly can. Do you want me to mute it so everyone else can't hear
0: <laughs> no, this No, everybody needs to hear it, but I'm speaking <laughs> to you specifically. Um, yes, this is the best time ever in wrestling history probably to be a wrestling fan because it's something for everybody. But if you watch the shows and you wait another fifteen minutes, there's something different in those fifteen minutes.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know what I
0: mean? So yeah. even if the whole show don't cater to you, it's gonna be one thing on that show that you're like, Hey, I like that. Yeah. And, and that's
1: and, and that's why I'll go back to Raw and SmackDown and watch the parts that I'm interested in. A three hour show, they may be two two and a half hours of it that bores me to tears but there will be that 20 minutes or that half an hour or that 45 minutes that i think that's that was quality
0: yeah i I you're absolutely right and this is coming from a guy that watches ron smackdown live every week yeah um so i i i want to i want to kind of close and we can just kind of bullshit Towards the end of this, but I want to close with my one my major one last question. Of every podcast, every conversation, every wrestling group, always has the well, what can we do to fix WWE? We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. I want to ask you, what can we do to help us as fans look help uh, look uh, fix the business? Because if if the business is supposedly about us, if we're the lifeblood of the business, cause we're the money, um, then that means that we have the positives and negatives of positive and negatives us as aspects, aspects of us as fans. So what can we do to help? What can we do to be different? WWE, WWE, in particular, I mean, like, what can we do if these shows are so bad that nobody wants to watch and whatever, and this, that, and the other, like, what can we do differently? I don't want to to fantasy book what a, what a dude who's a multi-billionaire can do for his company because we can't control that. We'll never be in that headspace, no. but we can control the money that we spend. So what can we do? Like, How can Man- we be better?
1: The one mantra that I, I like to push is support your local promotions. If you want to, if you want to to be a, the best wrestling fan that you can be, support those guys who are out there busting their arses for next to no pay for the enjoyment and the the thrill of the fans. You can everywhere you go, there's a wrestling event on. Even here in here in the UK now, there's twenty promotions easy that um that are. So accessible, and they they are crying out for you as fans to come and and see their shows. So go and do it. You want to be a a better fan. Go and watch your local independent shows. That's that's the grassroots of wrestling. They are the they are the stars of tomorrow, and they they need your viewing. And they need your money, and they need your love now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's my main mantra. Um, In terms of like televised programming, again, I just go back to the same thing: find your happy, find what you enjoy. Don't if a product's not to your liking, stop watching it. Stop watching it. You only, the only person setting is yourself because Vince doesn't care about one person's view. WWE doesn't care about one person's view. The only person who cares about your view is you and you are the only person who can do something about it. So stop watching, find something that you enjoy. Now that's, um, I will watch the wrestling that I enjoy simple as that so if i can do it everybody else can do it
0: i want to piggyback that by saying simply this because that was beautifully said um ultimately never feel like you are forced to have to watch or or um support something like do like as you said, please support your local indies only because if you love the business, then that's essentially going to be the future of the business. But in terms yeah. of like these major promotions and these major shows, if you don't, so many people watch raw or SmackDown or whatever the show is because they feel that they have to. I've watched mm-hmm. it every Monday for 20 years. It's just viewing it. You don't have to, if you um, really I, don't like it.
1: I, I am the epitome of someone who proves that point. I do not watch Raw or SmackDown, but I know what's going on. And I I know what's going on through the likes of, like I said, loads of pain, through podcasts, through guys like yourself who will break down that program and analyze it. So you're not forced to sit and watch a program that you aren't enjoying and still be able to know what's going on in that program. I I can sometimes not watch a single minute of main roster uh, WWE, but I know what's going on because I, I keep, keep uh, up with it with guys like yourself or whichever wrestling podcast I'm listening to at the time. So the ability is there for you to still be involved in the WWE product but not have to put yourself through Watching a product that you aren't enjoying. Like yeah. for, for me uh, personally, I get more enjoyment from the differing opinions of that product than watching the product myself. If you if you can understand that point, I, I, I can property. listen. I can listen to four different podcasts. All four have a different opinion. All four have a different point of view. But they still, I still get to know what's going on in that product, what I think I would enjoy, what I know that I wouldn't enjoy, and I can break it down that way rather than have to go through it and spend two and a half hours not enjoying it for half an hour that I would enjoy, where I can then listen to a podcast who in an hour can explain what's going on and I can – pick out the parts that i know that i would enjoy so there's there's ways you can go about getting your double refill without having to sit through three hours of, of of raw that you you don't feel like you're going to enjoy so you do it to yourself if you sit through raw knowing that you are not going to like raw that's on you that's your fault for putting yourself through that there's there's other options there's other avenues to go down. It's it's not rocket science.
0: No, it's not. It's actually pretty easy. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: let's get out of here on this man. Uh, give me your, give me your Wrestle Kingdom predictions and give me your three main events of WrestleMania and we can get out of here. I'll give you no. a, a kind of you know I don't know.
1: I don't even have the card up, so if you just give me a okay. second I'll try and find the I card. Can
0: it. I can run through it if you want me to.
1: If you've got it on you. Uh, we could well, go through it match by match.
0: Yeah, so you'll know Ishii... <laughs> I'll tell me. I've looked at it so much. All uh, right, go on. Ishii versus Sabre Jr. for the for the Rev Pro Brit heavyweight title.
1: Uh I I like um Zack Sabre Jr. I think they are probably he's going to be probably Filling the role of the the gadget, as it were, when the um, the elite leave, I think he's going to be their next big Western star. So I'm going I'm going to say that Zack Saber Junior wins that.
0: Okay, I agree with I, I agree with that notion. Um, I I I agree with you too. It, it, the way he won the uh, New Japan Cup with tapping on everybody he tapped out shows yeah. that they believe in him. So I agree with that. Um, Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay for the NEVER Overweight title.
1: No matter the result, we as wrestling fans win
0: because (laughs) that that match will
1: that match will remind me of Ricochet versus Ospreay. The buzz that, that 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 got when the the matches took place. I think. It's probably too early to take it off a Boucher unless he's leaving alongside Kenny, which is a possibility. I would say that Boucher wins.
0: I think that Asprey wins because just as much as you think they're big on, uh, as much you think they're big on Saber, I think they're prepping Asprey for a heavyweight title run.
1: Yeah. Well, I I watched a promo that he did a couple of days ago. I think it was just before um the last Road to Wrestle Kingdom where he was on about how much he gets paid and how much he loves being in New Japan. Yeah. Uh yeah, so he's definitely going to be there for the long term. So you could be right, but New Japan do tend to have uh very elongated paths to titles uh as obviously we've seen with nato where he's on a two-year redemption arc uh very it's,
0: his, his second redemption arc at that that's his yeah, first one his second redemption arc
1: it's very reminiscent to me of 80s WWE, well, late eighties WWE, where there was only like four pay per views, so storylines took a long, long time to to flourish. Uh, that seems to be what's happening with uh, Nato. He's definitely their star. He's he's absolutely adored. So he will get that IWGP title, but it's just when. Well. But anyway, I hope so. yeah, I pick Labuja. <laughs> After <coughs> all
0: that, God, I hope so. Um, uh, the IWC, IWC, I'm sorry, IWGP <laughs> Junior Heavyweight Tag Titles is between uh, Suzuki-gun. Um, I believe that is Kanemaru and Desperado. You have uh, Bushi and Shingo from Lij, and you have yeah. Yo from Roppongi 3K. Who you got?
1: Um, my gut goes with. It goes with uh, Bushi and Shingo. I think Despe and Kanamaru have had the titles for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But I also think that Shaw may be the chaos mole.
0: You think he's the mole?
1: I don't personally think... He, I thought it was Trent. But uh, my boy uh, Jonathan, JPQ, he has convinced me that he thinks Shaw is definitely the mole. So I think... That might be the that might stop Ripungi 3K winning it. So I think it's time to take the belts off Despain Kanamaru, but I don't think it's going to Ripungi 3K. So that obviously process elimination leaves it on Boucher and Shingo. And I think Shingo's been so impressive since he, he oh, arrived. I, I didn't really know a lot about I mean, I'd heard of him, but I didn't know a lot about him. But God, that guy's impressive.
0: I, I I completely agree with you. I remember when um, the big reveal was made, I was disappointed because I thought it was going to be somebody who moved the needle for me. Yeah. And Kyle was like, Rant. Shingo's huge in Japan. That was a big deal in Japan. I was like, you know what, you're right. And yeah. since then, he's been amazing.
1: I, I thought it was going to be Pac.
0: I knew it wasn't going to be him because well, I'm not going to say I knew. I felt like it wasn't going to be him because and this is a personal thing if he did all he did to get out of his contract in WWE just to go to New Japan and be in the junior division then that was a waste of that was a waste of a year yeah i think i don't
1: think it was particularly the fact that he was in the the cruiserweight division per se i think it was more the way the cruiserweights were were Almost second class in uh, WWE, whereas in uh, New Japan, they're they're on a much higher plateau.
0: No, you're absolutely right. But and this is this is just me being me. The the platform is bigger, absolutely, but you're still making less money, right? And it's just as is there's and there's still it's just as long to get out of that division as it would have been in cruiserweights. Yeah, yeah. I so essentially the only difference is with New Japan is you get a little more publicity, but in WWE you got more money. So it's yeah. like I mean and I, I don't begrudge you for leaving because I was no, doing no. the same thing.
1: I but I just didn't the, think New
0: Japan was a spot for him at the time.
1: The only issue I had with it was in taking his ball home and and yep. And
0: don't go home. Yeah.
1: At the end of the day, yeah, he weren't happy with his situation, but he signed a contract. You've got a job to do. You crack on and do it, and then when it comes to renewal time, you leave. You don't just refuse to play ball because WWE are going gonna to dig the heels in, and that's what they did. And we ended up with a year without Neville. He ended up working for uh, not working for a full year, so everybody lost, Yep. where he could have just grinned and bared it. Yeah, probably hated every minute of it. But he still would have been earning money. He still would have had his profile out there, and then it could have been a bigger star when he when he left. No, obviously it's worked out all right for him because when he come back, it was a massive a massive thing. But there was always going to be that chance that he was forgotten and yep. people moved on.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And to answer to answer the question of the the match, I I, I too have. Shingo and Bushi, mainly as a as a kind of a, a congratulations to Bushi, not Bushi, but Shingo to how great he's been. Yeah. And I think the mole is Yano.
1: Do you think? Because
0: well, nobody would expect it to be Yano.
1: Yeah, but I think uh, Yano seems to be going back to his old G, uh, GBH days because he's, he's got very f- um, friendly with Maccabee again. Okay. Uh, now that's a almost a ten year storyline. I mean, if you want uh, new Japan information, there's a there's a, a, a Twitter account to follow um, Phoenix N, NJ uh, yeah. NJPW. Yeah. She breaks down a lot of the old storylines, and she's told me stuff that I didn't even know. Okay. Um So yeah, uh, it looks like the culmination of a ten year storyline where Makabe, uh was betrayed by. Uh, Yano maybe coming actually into fruition where he sad's back with uh, Maccabee. It could, it might just be like a, a throwback kind of thing, like a just to kind of like mention that. But I, I, I was convinced it was Trent, absolutely convinced. And then when um, Chuckie started going crazy, I, it made me even more convinced it was Trent because it was, it's that little bit of a swerve where it. You think it's one thing, and it's just not that, and it's the other. But I've yeah. also I've but now been convinced that you it had, may be sure. You so, didn't expect
0: it would be Chucky and not with Trent, so be, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It might be sure That'd be a hell of a way to break him up.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's a, he along with Lash shorter is the the Japanese face of New Japan for the next decade. Okay. He's, he's got the looks, he's got the skill, his promos aren't exactly down yet, but he's got it. And he could be the the next Nato, or he could be the next Okada.
0: Okay. Okay. That's interesting. That, yeah, and, and a lot of those guys started in the Junior Division too, so it just might be the case. Yeah. Um, IWGP Heavyweight Tag Titles between GLD... Between uh and Sonata, and however the fuck they pulled this off, the books.
1: Well, the for me, the books. This is their hurrah and their thank you and their goodbye to New Japan. Oh, so, as much grief that there's been on wrestling Twitter over them inserting themselves into the match, for what they've done for New Japan. They absolutely deserve this one last hurrah. Now, I don't think they're winning. Not no even... God, no. in, I think... I think the title stay with G.O.D. I okay. think the rebirth of Bullet Club may, may be a big story in 2019.
0: I think it's a big story at Wrestle Kingdom. And we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, The issue isn't that the Bucks are in the match. Because every fan who knows the Bucks and New Japan and any of that knows they deserve to be there and a thank you and whatnot. The issue is how they inserted themselves in it. Had they flipped it? I thought G.O.D. should have won the the War Tag League and challenged the Bucks. Yeah. So I don't Uh, don't have a problem with them being in the match.
1: If... if if Evil and Sonada didn't win, though, how would you get them on the card? Because they they are huge stars, especially Sonada. He's he's huge. beloved.
0: Yeah, so, 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 Sonata has a chance to be just like you said with Show. He could be one of the top stars in yeah. five, six, seven years. Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe do a thing where God audibly and, and very visually cheats to beat him, and you know, uh, there was a while, Tama was beefing with Harold, Harold Mej, or Mej, how you say his name? Yeah, and Mej, beat, I think. And, and he puts Evil Sonata in there to get their kind of retribution.
1: Yeah, I mean, but well, then again, it, than just a bus walking
0: out and saying, hey, we're here, we're in the match.
1: It's, it's for me, it's more proof of um, New Japan embracing Western wrestling culture, because like a a lot of older New Japan fans are up in arms because it's not the dumb thing. It's not trip, uh, three ways are not common in in New Japan, and but yet they are common in Western wrestling. So it's like it's it's again attempting to find a balance of keeping those older fans happy, but also embracing the the, the new Western fans. So I think that's played a, a big point in it.
0: Okay, um, so let's, we just did the tags, let's go to, oh, uh, Cody and Juice for the US title.
1: Same kind of scene as uh, the books, this is his, it, it seems that it's pointing to his, his final hurrah for New Japan, I can't look anywhere past a Juice win.
0: I'm with you, I agree with Juice, and I did say my last one, I also agree with you on the the IWG tag uh, title, yeah. right? I believe God wins too. Um, probably the match that nobody's really talking about that could possibly be the best match on the card. IWGP junior heavyweight title match between my boy, Cow's boy, the ace of the juniors, Kushida, and Taji Ishimori, the bone soldier. That's a tremendous possible match.
1: Yeah, Uh, and again, I think as we were speaking about Shingo earlier, how how good he's done since uh, coming to New Japan. The same can be said about Ishimori. Yeah, he's such a talent, so 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 good. Um, I think I think Ishimori wins.
0: Agreed. Uh, Agreed.
1: I'm very interested in these rumors of. Kashida going to WWE as well, so I wonder if that may play into that uh, I personally don't think he will, I don't think what is he like, I think he's like 35 uh, I think he may be a little bit too old to be like starting afresh, I don't know what how well his English is and I think he would just be lost in the shuffle in WWE, whereas in New Japan he's like you said, he's the ace of the of the uh, juniors division. Um, but if we're just talking about this match, I think Taji uh, takes it.
0: I have Taji, too, adding to the Bullet Club storyline that I think we end the show with. Uh, if not end the show with, at least, is the arcing theme of the show. I believe in the Kushida rumors as well. I think he's going to try. I think he's going give to give WWE a try. But if he stays in in New Japan, and he is the ace because he's been there the longest and won the most titles, but effectively, if we're, not, if we're assuming that Ospreay is still in the division, assuming, you have Ishimori, you have Ospreay, you have, um, you have uh, Hiromu, if, he ever, if he's ever able to come back, you have Shingo, well, we you have ish- Eagles, you have so many juniors there.
1: Hiromu has said that he's uh, he'll see everyone on January the 4th, so he's going to at least, it looks like, make an appearance, whether he's going to be fit enough to wrestle in the near future. I don't know, but, yeah, that guy, oh, um, he's so mad. good. He's yeah. so good.
0: So that, that's always been my fear for, for Kushida is that even though he's an ace, he gets deep pushed and almost forgotten about
1: halfway yeah. through the year. yeah.
0: So but I then don't, I don't want that for him. I want better. No, for
1: him. but then he's held to more of a high regard in New Japan. Um, yeah, absolutely. Whereas if he comes to WWE, a lot of WWE fans won't have the slightest clue who he is. That's so no, he's starting fair. from scratch at 35 years old. Uh, he that's might want to chance his arm. He could. He it could do. He might want to go pass pastures new. But we'll see. We'll see. It's, if, if All was, conjecture. If
0: I was Kushida, I, of course I would go to WWE. But I wouldn't mind saying, I right, let me sign, let me sign with Ring of Honor, where I can still wear New Japan shows, and Kushida will be the main, ma he'll be the the main guy in Ring of Honor in six yeah. months if they, if he signs there. Yeah. Um, I mean,
1: it'll, it'll be a star wherever he goes. Yeah. Uh, but I think if he goes to WWE, it's He's starting at that bottom rung of the ladder, and he's going to have to work his way up. At Whereas, least
0: that, at least that bottom rung is NXT.
1: Well, or could it be two or five?
0: Well, I am of the I am of the belief that I want big stars to go to 205. I want Ricochet yeah. to go. I want yeah. possibly to, so whatever you, because you, I believe it in it as a brand.
1: You put three or four big names in that two or five. And you will see those viewing figures go through the roof. You put Johnny Gagano, you put Ricochet, you put Finn Balor in that two division, and boom, you have got a you've got a show on the the level of NXT because the wrestling is agree. the wrestling on two is a it's a outstanding, outstanding wrestling. It's just. They've, they've, it's got such a bad reputation because of basically it was it was the the redheaded stepchild of the yeah, WWE but, product. Yeah. Uh, and it the guys, the guys were. The I think a lot of it as well with two or five was the fact it was being filmed after SmackDown, so you've got fans who are tired after a long SmackDown show. There's no enthusiasm there, and it looks like a product that no one's interested in. It, I think they've they've moved it now so it's filmed before SmackDown, so uh, the fans are a lot more up for the show, but personally, I would move that show to full sale. Film film it exactly how NXT's filmed. Two or three days in the month, just have all filmed your four weeks of, of a TV product. That, that NXT uh crowd would be ravenous for two or five. Absolutely ravenous.
0: Yep, I agree completely. One hundred percent. Um we got three more matches? Yeah. Three <laughs> more. Um so I think what might end up being the biggest match of the night, uh Okada versus Jay White.
1: Oh what a great storyline this has been.
0: Love it. Love the
1: only it. thing I the only thing I found Weird and unsettling is we're so used to having a Carter in that towel match or in that towel hunt that for me it feels out of place that is not in it. Now I can understand why he's not, but it just for me it's weird that he's not there because he's so good. He is lit. Is the best wrestler in the world. I agree. And but saying that, this storyline has had me from day one. Such a great storyline. I think Jay Watt may be the low-key MVP of 2018. That guy's character work is on point. Such a great... From the minute he uh, gave, um, he turned down the the Bullet uh, Club shirt, that guy's character work has been on point. And he is a future RWGP world champion I think Okada Probably takes it Because on the matches Leading up to Wrestle Kingdom It's been Jay White All the way through So I think it is Okada's redemption Kind of thing But Jay White is a star In the making
0: agreed on all counts, and it is weird seeing Okada at a Wrestle Kingdom, not in a title match, but it's... I love the fact that it's so personal between him and Jay White, yeah. with him destroy trying to destroy his, 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 his stable, his faction, and stealing his best friend and his mentor, and all the things he's done to kind of erase what the Rainmaker meant to New Japan. That it's so personal to Okada that he said, forget the Scooby-Doo, forget the balloons, forget <laughs> the craziness, um, forget the title, I'm focused on you. I yeah. love that, I love it 100%, and I'm going, this is where we deviate. I think Jay White wins the match.
1: Well, it's it's definitely a pick em. Uh You can see benefits to either one of them winning, but again, this is where New Japan have me so satisfied as a fan this storyline is a year in the making Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you don't you just don't get that with WWE anymore you get monthly three monthly storylines this has been a year he predicted this the minute he signed he joined chaos he said i will take over i will destroy this from within i will be facing you and a year later that's exactly what's happening. And that is the, that's the balance of storyline and technical wrestling that has me hooked as a fan.
0: Great. What to be said 100% agree. Um, now, we're talking, now we're going to talk about the low light of the show. <laughs> With Jericho and Naito. And Jericho's amazing. No diss to Jericho. But the Magic Dominion was a 17-minute squash, and the 10 minutes before was just a jump zone beat down. Like, yeah. Dude, I'm not excited about this match at all. And every
1: I'm definitely definitely excited because like I said, Jericho is my boy. I think this is again the start the restart, should we say, of Nato's redemption. I think he, <laughs> might not yeah. win. This fool
0: he might
1: not win the match. He will definitely win. Um, hope, if so. if the AEW rumors are true, and Jericho is somehow involved. I just can't see Jericho keeping out of that towel for much longer. What's so He had a six month reign, and he's he's been in New Japan maybe four times. I well, think he's wrestled
0: it, one match since
1: then. yeah. <laughs> but i I think he's. I think Nato wins this. I think Nato then by Wrestle Kingdom next year will be for the for that um, for the big belt.
0: God, I hope so, man, because look, you got only got so many times to piss off NATO fans. Yeah. So we start revolting.
1: One thing I, I would like to see, um NATO had a couple of matches uh with Zack Saber Junior and lost them both. I don't think he's beat Zack.
0: Him or yeah.
1: Uh so I'd like to see that title eventually transition onto Zach, and then NATO go for the the uh GP title. But yeah, I think NATO wins this match.
0: I think that's a natural progression if it happens. Yeah. I'm not thinking NATO only because it has to be NATO.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> it could be Jericho, yeah, yeah. But
0: Well, your main event of the night is gonna be your IWGP Heavyweight Champion, Kenny Omega, versus the Ace, and who's had a surprisingly rebirth of a year. Yeah. Roshi Tanahashi. Who you got?
1: Oh, this is another one where it's it's all dependent on on what's going to happen straight after uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Is Kenny sticking around? Is Kenny being involved with All Elite? Because of all the members of the elite, he's had the least input and the least uh, linking with All Elite Wrestling. So, yeah. Uh, so that leads me to think that he's sticking around and he's going to be like a – he's going to stick with New Japan but then show show up for All Elite but not be actually – uh, involved with, like, the backstage of All Elite, if you know or if you can understand what I mean. Uh, so I think it's too early to take that title off uh, Omega. The New Japan tended to have quite long, lengthy reigns, and I don't think Omega, for the how big of a star he is, has had a long enough reign yet. So...
0: so... Here's what I think. I feel that Omega should win. I'm going to predict Tanahashi. I'm going to predict that Tanahashi for two reasons. Number one, the kind of the underlying undercurrent of this match is new versus old, gaijin versus natural,
1: right? Yeah.
0: I feel like they're, they're going to want to placate the Japanese core by giving the ace one last run at the top.
1: You could well be true.
0: Here's the second reason. At New Year's Dash, Jay White, after fresh off beating Okada, is going to attack Tanahashi and challenge him for the championship. Mm. And he'll beat him for the title at the show in February. Mm, and Jay that, White will go into Dominion as your world champ.
1: That's that's a that's a possibility, yeah. Uh, or we could even see Kenny retain and Jay King White King. attack Kenny. There's so many like permutations that it's it's hard to predict, but also exciting to predict. Yeah, if you because, know what I mean.
0: Because all and, of the, all of the possibilities are great.
1: Yeah. Well, we've got Okada, could come back into the title picture. We've got Nato, could come back into the title picture. We've got Jay White, Tanahashi, Omega. All these, it's its reminiscent of the Attitude Era, where there were five guys, six guys, who you could legitimately say, that's your next world champion. And maybe that's another issue what WWE are lacking on, that they haven't got them six core guys who you could pin the title on and let him run with the ball but yeah
0: i I think they have the six guys but the six guys aren't in the position to be a champ yeah you know know what i'm saying like there are yeah yeah Finn Balor could be a champ tomorrow but he hasn't been he hasn't been shown to to the uh audience that he's worthy of that so but yes Yeah. yeah i'm with you um that's a hell of a show uh okay Last thing, and then I'm gonna have you uh, kind of uh, have you promote yourself. What's your what's your uh, WrestleMania main event? Uh, give me your two title matches and give me a uh, a marquee match.
1: I, right. I think Seth wins the Rumble. I think he challenges Brock. I think now on it's not as easy to pick on SmackDown for me. I think Daniel Bryan goes into WrestleMania as champion, but it's who is in a position to legitimately challenge him uh, because it's very, very 50-50 booking on SmackDown. I think I'd like to see somebody like maybe Jeff Hardy against Daniel Bryan. Not so much that Jeff Hardy is in that position to be able to challenge, but you know that they put on an amazing match. That's an interesting. Uh, thing. Yeah, interesting thought. Okay. Uh, but your main event, if WWE want the most hours and the most money, their main event has to be Ronda versus Becky. That is the money match. I think so too. I think um, Becky Becky loses at TLC. She wins the Rumble. She challenges Ronda,
0: and that's the money match. I will agree with that match being my marquee money match. That's probably going to be the show. But my title matches, are, I'm going to jump way out the box. Like, if this is the box, I'm over there. Uh, I'm going to say that Aleister Black gets called up in the Rumble and ends up fighting uh, Daniel Bryan. That I
1: would I would be more than happy with that. That would be amazing.
0: He doesn't win the Rumble, by the way. AJ Styles wins the Rumble, and it's AJ versus Brock, too.
1: Ooh, I, I, I just think the reason i go with Seth is because it's the Roman Reigns factor he's the Roman Reigns substitute in You're this right. but the reason I didn't pick Seth is because I think they're stretching Seth's Dean to mania to have a guaranteed now nah, I don't think they've I think Dean wins uh, tonight and I think we see a new challenger into the fray and I think That challenges Elias. I think it's time to strap a rocket to that that guy. He is so over with the fans. And WWE would be remiss if they didn't capitalize on that. So I'd have Elias beating Bobby Lashley. I would have Dean beating Seth. And I would have Elias challenging um, Dean for that title.
0: Okay. Very possible. Very possible because it could, it, it started to look like maybe Seth is going to start feuding with Corbin mm-hmm.
1: um,
0: in the next couple of months. So it's very possible.
1: But WWE's um, throwing a spanner in the works by announcing that Vince is on Raw uh, so tomorrow. So all bets are off tomorrow.
0: I'm telling you, man, everything we talked about might go, might go in the trash yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after what happens tomorrow. So we'll see.
1: Yeah.
0: I can't wait to record The Edge this week coming up. Um, <laughs> I want to thank want to... you, man, for sitting down with me and kind of having Absolutely a really good conversation. Absolutely a pleasure. Uh, plug uh, yourself, man. Tell them where they can find you.
1: Oh, the, the only place you can really find me is on Twitter. I'm there uh, most days. It's DJ Kirby. That's D-E-J Kirby on lowercase or search for Mags. Uh, you'll find me. You want to chip in with a, a wrestling conversation, hit me up. I am all about that discussion. You might not agree with what I say, I might not agree with what you say, but I'm happy to come to converse about it. Stay friends in the end,
0: as me and you do all the time.
1: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that, I think
0: that pleasure. that's the best thing
1: about uh, wrestling Twitter for me. Uh, the people who I interact with a lot, I agree with very few of them. I'm always throwing batshit uh, ideas at the wall, and we we can be totally different. We can be on totally different pages. But we still stay friends and that's that's the that's for me that's the essence of wrestling that you can enjoy it and want totally different outcomes but you can still you can still enjoy it at the end of it
0: our opinions don't have to change how we feel about each other exactly so we can be totally different about this business but at the end of the day you're my guy you're my friend it's not going to change and exactly you're you're somebody who has truly earned that from me thank you very much you have earned the right for to always be good in my book man and i thank you again for coming on absolutely on the edge one day
1: not a problem anytime now i've brought my podcast duck i'm available for everything store openings bar mitzvahs you (laughs) you call on me i'll be there personal Kids appearances and yeah. all
0: yeah. <laughs> um, book mags and bags I'm, that's yeah. gonna be the hashtag
1: <laughs> yeah 2020 presidential election i'm there for it
0: well anything <laughs> better than what we got now Another <laughs> <this> <laughs> uh thank you man i appreciate it and uh no problem yeah we'll, a we'll release this It'll, i don't know if i'm gonna release this week or for the holidays probably the holidays but uh Yeah, I I enjoyed this.
1: Just let me know, and I will pimp the shit out of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) My man. Well, guys, thanks for listening. I appreciate it, and uh, have a good night.